Welcome, dear listeners, to the Scooby Dudes. We're glad to have you. Happy St. Patrick's Day. St. Patty's Day. Welcome, welcome. I hope you've got your green on, Evan, or I'll pinch you. I'm definitely wearing green. You're wearing, uh, oh, my pinching fingers, they hunger for your flesh. But no, <laughs> not today. Not today, little claws. Uh, hold on, let me do an accent. Um, uh, Sh- St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it's true. Actually, Scottish people have a Sean Connery accent, did you know? It's not the other way around. We're, we're the Scooby-Doo. We're the Scooby-Doods. And we are here today for... Perhaps the most unique episode that we've done yet. Uh, I do want to say at this point that, um, I mean, you know, we tell a lot of jokes. We're not like super big on like trigger warnings or whatever, but this is an episode that we've been planning for a while, which is a drinking episode. An episode where we drink during the episode. And that's something that, that, you know, not everybody has the same thing with alcohol. That's, that's a, it can be a touchy subject for people. We recognize that. We want it to be upfront. And so we are recording this intro sober. And as soon as it is done, uh, that's when things will begin. So note that here. Um, A couple of things first. Drink responsibly. If you, whatever you think of us in this episode, um, never drink and drive. Evan and I are not going to be driving after this episode anywhere near it. Um, Don't drink and be violent. Don't drink to excess. (laughs) Um, What other things? Don't don't drink and be violent. I don't, I've never done a drinking PSA. I maybe should (laughs) have, maybe should have checked in with you on what we wanted to warn people about ahead of time. Uh, how about this? Uh, we're the Scooby Dudes. Oh yeah, we're the Scooby Dudes. We're two best friends. Really, we're here to talk about our favorite meddling kids. And drink for this episode. <laughs> and drink about their dumb dog too, named Scooby-Doo. That guy over there who's about to be getting wasted. I don't like that. No, I don't either. That guy <laughs> over there who's about to drink responsibly and not to excess is Evan, my dear friend. Uh, the person who's across from me on my laptop screen, that is Luke. And... Um, the episode that we are going to be covering, just in case you want to pause it and watch it and drink along with the Scooby, or pull it up, because then we'll tell you the drinking game rules, is The Scooby-Doo Show, Season 3, Episode 6, A Highland Fling with a Monstrous Thing. Basically, what we're going to be doing is we are going to be uh, watching the episode together uh, live on mic, and whenever certain things happen, we're playing a drinking game, uh, so we'll drink when we see or hear uh, tropes and we'll try and edit it together in post so you can get those moments and we'll have little breaks where we talk about the episode periodically ideally where the commercial breaks would fall i also want to note that uh i mean of course this is all in honor of that great scottish holiday saint patrick's day so hence a highland fling with a monster's thing uh my accent and the drinking all right uh so let's uh let's get down to it okay yeah here Two dudes talking about getting wasted. Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. You hear that? I do hear that. That sounds good. Uh, so what did, what what have you poured? Just I have now? just ooh, I completely agree. Let's talk about that. I just poured about half of an Alaskan Amber Alt Style Ale, and I have poured a mug full of Shock Top Belgian White. And we're we're both mugging it today. That's worth noting. 
I, I know this is the only beer, this is the only drink I'm gonna have today that I would drink in normal circumstances. Everything else is just stuff that Ipti Sam's grabbed. So my next drink is a Captain Jack Cuban Mojito. And beyond that, it's all Mike's hard. Uh, the Mojito sounds nice. Uh, I'm gonna take a large drink right now, just to, just to kick things off. Oh yeah, here, <laughs> let's, before we have a sip of alcohol, let's get a big chug of water. This is a responsibility thing. I already had water. Wow, you that, you drank a lot of oh. water. I thought you meant drink water. That's what I did. No, I'm gonna take a a, a hearty sip of alcohol. Cheers. Cheers. I, I want to actually touch the touch the webcam. Touch the webcam. There. Did you hear my swallow sounds? I did. You Very really loud. you really ASMR'd that through. <laughs> <laughs> I went into normal <clears throat> episode mode and I was like, I can't make any sounds. Okay, so with that, um, I'm going to run through the first few things. So Luke and I are going to take a drink whenever we hear anyone say, Jinkies, Zoinks, Jeepers, Rut Row, Split Up and Look for Clues, My Glasses, or and or the accompanying I Can't See Without My Glasses. And if someone jumps into someone else's arms, we take a drink. But if everyone jumps into Velma's arms, we finish our drink. We will also drink anytime we see the classic moving eyes portrait, anytime we see secret passages or trap doors, anytime we see Scooby or Shaggy eat food, and furthermore, anytime we see a Dagwood sandwich. I'll also note that something special. Give me a sec. Maybe Sam just got back. How long was that run? Pretty brief. <laughs> That's what I'm wearing, too. Pretty briefs. <laughs> Nice. We will also have two drinks if we see Shaggy eat meat at any point in this episode because Casey Kasem was a vegetarian and he wanted Shaggy to be one as well. Casey Kasem, the original voice actor for the character. Thank you for noting that as well. Other food-related things, Scooby Snacks. We drink if we see Scooby Snacks. We drink again if there's Scooby Snack bargaining, i.e. would you do it for two Scooby Snacks? And we'll also drink again if Scooby steals Shaggy's Scooby Snack. This one's a little bit more complicated. Uh, the Scooby Doop, which we will explain when it happens. When the Scooby Doop appears, uh, Luke and I, we will compete to, we will take a deep breath and try to give the longest explanation of what the Scooby Doop is in that breath. Whoever ends their explanation first has to drink. So it's a goal of the longest explanation on a single breath. We will also drink if there is an intentional trap laid for the villain, and we're going to drink again if the trap backfires on Scooby and Shaggy, and yet still successfully catches the villain. Uh, we're going to drink when Scooby mimes the monster to the rest of the gang, mm. like pretends to be it, uh, and if Scooby has a gag with other animals. Yep, as, uh, as happens from time to time. Two last special circumstance things, just two more things to keep in mind. Remember, jot these down if you're drinking along with us at home. If the villain says at the end of the episode, I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids and your dumb dog, we finish our drinks wherever they're at. And if, if there's a corridor scene, which shouldn't last too long, but we can we start drinking when it starts and we stop drinking when it ends. And to be clear, the corridor scene is not necessarily the musical chase scene because the musical chase scene can go up for a minute and a half, <laughs> but the corridors tend to be a little more brief. I understand. So Luke and I are recording this on St. Patrick's Day 2018. If you want to join us, um, what you can do is pause this episode right now and listen to it on St. Patrick's Day 2019. Oh yeah, save this, 
for an entire year and listen to it the next year. Hey, look, we know you all, especially our listeners in Scotland, want to participate in kind of like their National Heritage Day. Uh, so yeah, go and put this on ice, just like we've got our drinks on ice, and listen to it when you're ready to get wasted. <laughs> okay, so uh, I've taken a few more drinks than you have, just because that's what I've been doing. <laughs> just because you assume that I have lower tolerance? Sure. You are you are correct, sir. Uh, <laughs> no, but I... no, it's because you're a lush. <laughs> well, you know what, Luke? There can be only one. Mmm. All right, all right, all right. Are we about ready to get into this episode, start watching the intro, drink when we have to drink, pause about seven or so minutes in for the first commercial break? Yes, we will pause at intervals just so that we can talk about everything that's happened and what we've liked and uh, possibly not liked. So here we have the Scooby-Doo Show Season 3 Episode 6, A Highland Fling with a monstrous thing. I'll count us down and then we'll both start playing. I have uh, my kilt on. Yeah, I've got... Uh, plate full of haggis right in front of me uh a claymore you know like one of those big big old swords oh yeah definitely i've got my claymore i've got right here has a tartan handle Ooh, and you know what it wouldn't be saint patrick's day if i didn't have my trusty bagpipes by my side oh yeah oh dude nobody squeezes them guts like you <laughs> <laughs> you know every Bagpipes look so much like organs. I feel like almost every cartoon they are up had a joke. They are organs. I think they, originally, like also, the original bagpipes. They also look like organs. I mean, or it looks like a like a body of an animal with its limbs still sticking out. Ah, yeah. Like that joke has been made many a time. We're ready. Let's We're ready. We are. Down. We have uh, yeah. bedecked ourselves and surrounded ourselves with St. Patrick's Day paraphernalia st patrick's day scottish paraphernalia we're all ready for this episode i'm gonna count us down in five four three two one play oh i forgot how bad shaggy's voice was in this oh zoinks he's not even transparent he's just pale this is just a scottish person <laughs> Just like Mary and Joseph. Dinna go. I like Dinna go. Shaggy's hair is the MVP of this episode. Man, Shaggy's hair Look is Look at this animation. This it's so... It's so fluid. This is the perfect place. Okay, uh, so for our listeners, Luke and I have just watched the first seven minutes of this episode, and we have had four drinks. It's been pretty merciful so far. If we've only got eight more drinks ahead of us for the other 14 minutes, we're going to come out of this pretty good. But I don't what think What am are. I going to do with all these beers? Uh, you're just going to drink them all. So what's happened so far? Obviously, we're in Scotland, St. Paddy's hometown. So this episode opens up in the land of St. Patrick himself. Scotland in the Highlands. It's very foggy. There is a Macduff Castle... Which has nothing to do with the Simpsons beer brand. It's uh, the owner or the head of this castle is Aggie McDuff, uh, a presumably Scottish person with something of an accent. There are a whole bunch. It's a bad accent. Bad. There's all bad accents here. At one point, someone does say, do not as Danae, and I, I like that. That felt like the most genuine moment. So there are a whole bunch of tourists at this castle, and they all flee. We don't I, see from what, though. We don't see from what. We do see a lot of cars very lovingly rendered and each one different. This is the most attention I feel like we've seen paid to vehicles and uh, like 
extras yet. I, I really like it because as they're escaping, you see them exit the castle via drawbridge, and you get to see all these different models of uh, of automobile. Yeah, it's a surprising amount of attention to detail, and I think that's something that so far we've seen throughout the episodes. They put a lot of effort into the animation. Um, we cut from everyone fleeing this castle and Aggie McDuff in the castle being like, oh no, I've got this problem, I need help, to the gang going to try and meet up with Aggie. Because Aggie needs to call her cousin Velma? I guess, is, is that the relation that we have here? I missed it. It's Velma's friend. Aggie McDuff is Velma's friend that they're going to help. Not cousin. Not cousin. Cousin is almost always the connection, so that's... It's, it's true. It's very, very not fair uncommon. assumption. So the gang is driving to meet up with Aggie. Um, they're driving on a, a typical very misty Scottish road, and they come across an obstacle. There is a herd of uh, Highland cattle. I love that they are actually Highland cows. They've got like the extra furry top and they're like they're, very They're red. shaggy beasts. Yeah, and the coloring looks right. And somebody says like, oh, we need a, a sheepdog to go out and get those guys out and to go round them a, up. Or a cow dog, a cow or, dog you know, yeah. like. A dog. Uh, and, and Scooby goes out and I love it because he he goes out and it's not like, um, it's not he's not like a, is it border collies? Is that what border collies do? Yeah, they're very great, good sheepdogs. They're sheepdogs, right? He doesn't, like, uh, run around them nipping at their heels. Not even remote. That would be beneath Scooby, who is basically a person. Uh, no, he comes out in a Scottish constable's uniform with, like, that, Cons- Yes. That he's got, like, a billy hat. club as well. He's definitely got a billy club. He's not afraid to swing. And, best of all, he's holding traffic lights. He does. He, he has, like, a little pole. And uh, he sets up the pole, and then he's got the whistle as well. Every accessory they could pull out, they really did for this. It's a really great gag, and so Luke and I had to drink because there was a gag between Scooby and other animals. True. We didn't drink twice, even though he also had a gag with a goat where he wrote the goat a ticket and then put it on the goat's horn. They really milked that. They did. Uh, No pun intended. The gang gets back in the car, and they keep driving. Fred barely manages to break before a serious hairpin curve in front of a cliff. Before he drives into a lock. A lock, which Daphne tells us is Scottish for lake. Um, there, there's a weird little bit in which an enormous prehistoric-looking aquatic creature uh, surfaces. There's a weirder bit before that, though, when we see what we I thought was going to be the villain of the episode. Maybe even not. But they hear bagpipes playing, and Velma's like, why would someone be playing bagpipes in the middle of nowhere? On, on like, a foggy on Scottish night. On a foggy night. It's like, night. this sounds like the perfect time to play bagpipes. It's, it's Velma, true, though. In Velma's mind, bagpipes are played on every street corner in the city. Like, it's a very tight space instrument. <laughs> it's like a uke. But, uh, but they hear these bagpipes, and they look over across the lock, and they see on the cliff, it's a, a Scottish fellow. It, he's got a kilt. He's, he's dressed up as traditionally as possible. And as, as you mentioned, that I that was very funny, he's, he's not a ghost. <laughs> he's not a, they call him a ghost, but he's not transparent. He's pale. And guess what? We're in Scotland. That's normal. That would be weird. Hey, if you see a very tan person in Scotland, that's when you might have a ghost on your hands. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he's not. It would have been so easy to make him transparent. Instead, he's he's positively glowing with. Pants. I love it because he's um, he's wearing um, a kilt. Obviously, he has he has a bagpipes under one armpit. Uh, he has a little. Uh, I don't know what those hats are called. I really loved that villain that appears very briefly and is then swept off the screen with some mist and in his place we then see the biggest monster i think we've seen it's, yet. it's enormous as i mentioned uh like a prehistoric looking I, I guess it's supposed to be a loch ness monster type i definitely think it's supposed to be the loch ness monster if we take the wiki at face value that's what they call it 
and perhaps we'll get it named later on. The big thing is for me is that it's huge. This thing could fit, I mean, it's the size of, I'd say, 50 mystery machines. That seems 30. a little hyperbolic. 20, 20, 20 to 30 mystery machines is the lowest. I want to say 50. It's by far the biggest. It, the thing that weirds me out is that at this era of Scooby-Doo, that's really big. Because most of the villains in this period are dudes running around in costumes. Like the animatronic uh, Scooby-Doo villains, I feel like, came later. Although, then again, we did have that giant robot villain in the double episode we did that one time. Scooby-Coop. That, I believe that came after this, mm. though. I guess this set the precedent. Um, so, Scooby sees the monster. Nobody else does. They just drive off. Yeah, the monster comes up. Okay, here's the thing we can do for scale. The monster is, puts its eye up to the mystery machine window, and it fills the, the window up completely. I think it's worth noting that that window only appears when needed. Yeah, it's one of those... <laughs> like most things in the mystery machine, it's only there when they need it. I, I also like the part where Scooby... Uh, like hyperventilates at the window and fogs it up and then writes yikes in that well, fog and and he does it not to communicate with the monster but to communicate with shaggy uh after that they are still looking for mcduff castle they pull up to an inn a uh, scott something in uh they pull up yeah it was like the scott inn johnny scott it's it it's the jolly scott inn the jolly scott inn not the johnny scott inn uh and and scott with two t's so Similar to Bethlehem, circa 0 AD. This is so much like Bethlehem. Uh, the inn is full. There's no room at the inn. The, the jerk thing is that he asks them a bunch of questions before he tells them that. He's like, who are you? What are you doing here? Uh, in a worse Scottish accent than the bad one I just did. It, it is very bad. And then when they reveal that they're tourists, he says, Oh, we've got no room. Get out. This is the character who does say, say Diné. Like, we, we didn't have any room. Or I think um, I think he says it about don't go to Aggie McDuff's castle. Like, oh, oh you yeah. didn't want to go there. And uh, You know what I really like? Yeah. I like the Scottish slang um, Ken to say no. Oh, yeah, K-E-N. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Must be a Ken doll thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, there's no follow up. That's it. Wasted. You're um. You're uh. Who am I? I don't know. Uh, is it your BMO in the episode Adventure Time episode where they're filming a rom com? Oh no, not uh BMO. I'm the not worm. Not Who was I'm it? Shelby the worm. The worm. Chick, mm, please. please. <laughs> I still say that from time to time slays me i slay me with that oh and i think uh but he, he's very rude to them but he does tell them the direction that mcduff he just tells him you don't want to go there but they do go there they go there they see the drawbridge is slightly raised so they can't drive up they send just like honestly like half a foot half a foot like honestly i think if they jumped up and down on the end of it it would lower it but they don't scooby and shaggy climb over Shaggy gets over first and makes it to the levers on the other side of the drawbridge and then starts manipulating them before Scooby is barely even on it. <laughs> because like a, like a video game for children, there are three levers. Oh, I almost said at the time, like, this is such a video game moment with these three levers. And I like how, you know how it, a normal person playing a video game would first uh, pull down one lever, see what happens. Then pull down the second lever, see what happens, and keep, you know, like, there would be a control that they're testing against. Shaggy literally grabs two levers and pumps them up and down. 
<laughs> just those two, just up and down. He's not even changing the pattern, like both down, both up, this one down, this one up. It's just the exact same thing. He's dancing with them. And of course, that makes Scooby get thrown up on the drawbridge. He grabs the grate, but his feet are still on the edge of the bridge, so he's getting stretched out back and forth. Like Taffy. Like Taffy. I'll say, the animation is beautiful. I love these scenes. It's very elastic, and, and Shaggy is, yeah, he's Taffy pulling his best friend. It's great. And then some guy walks up behind Shaggy, some guy who's dressed up like a bullfighter. And a matador. A matador. As the Spanish would say. As the Spanish would say. And he's like, okay, step aside, Shaggy. I've got this. And he fixes the drawbridge and lets everyone over. And we find out he's like the caretaker of the Highland uh, Castle. Just about brings us to the seven-minute mark. It does. Uh, we, at the end of the seven-minute mark, the gang has finally met up with Ag. Ag they're, up, herself. they're right about to be introduced to her. So would you like to jump back in? I would love to. All right. So would I. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Beer, please. Okay. I feel like we're on very different wavelengths. Okay. In five, four, three, two. Here's Aggie. Oh, it's such a bad accent. The ghost. Yeah. The ghost yeah. didn't appear. It's Minnesotan. Oh my gosh, Shaggy's gonna eat me. Uh oh. No. <laughs> oh, we gotta drink again. Only if we see Scooby. Uh oh. Three card Monty. This I is love great. this. What a great gag. Got a pour. Oh, I love it when they get ready for bed. I think Hayao Miyazaki watched this episode of Scooby Doo. Parapet when he vanished. I like Parapet. I'm Velma Dinkley. Parapet when he vanished. It's Moving Eyes Brick. Oh, is that close enough to the Moving Eyes portrait? I'm gonna say s Secret Passage. <laughs> the Cask of Amontillado. Shaggy, you're afraid of books. That's a dead Scottish guy. What? What? What the heck? Uh, so we are back. We've paused at around 13 minutes, 11 seconds, um, because there was a good break. So we've drunk a couple more times now. Scooby and Shaggy ate a bunch of food. Um, we have had seven drinks. Seven drinks just this time, this last time around? Correct. Man, because Scooby and Shaggy ate food, then Shaggy almost ate some meat, then he went ahead and did peel some meat off of a roast, which we assumed he ate, so we drank for that as well. And later on, they both ate marshmallows, which, based on our conversation, we decided was not vegetarian. We needed to pause. We needed to pause and discuss that. Um, Ev Evan thinks that if you chow down on just animal skin and bones, that's vegetarian. It's Personal not animal skin and gelatin bones. Gelatin is animal skin it's, it's and like, bones. It's like, okay, 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 okay. Listen, oyster sauce mm -hmm. and fish sauce are made out of oysters and fish, respectively. Mm -hmm. But a vegetarian would still eat... Uh, like Chinese broccoli and like XO sauce or Chinese broccoli and oyster sauce, they would still eat that. That's a vegetarian dish. I completely agree. A vegetarian who eats meat no, would eat a those. A vegan would <laughs> yes, eat I those. agree. A vegetarian would. A vegetarian. Dude, that's like saying if you grind steak up, it's no longer meat. That's. Oyster sauce is. <sighs> it's made of fi fish and oysters, which are meat. If you wouldn't eat it there, processing it doesn't make it something else. I don't judge people who do eat that. I'm not vegetarian. I mean, I'm just, I have no ethics with my food at all. That, the, frankly, and that's because the person who I hurt most with my eating is me. Yeah, we've talked about so. this. You eat more um, unhealthily than literally anyone <laughs> I know. Terrible diet. Sometimes I'm amazed that I'm not more bald than I am based <laughs> on my diet. Like, what is my hair growing off of? I don't feed you anything, guys. Um, so what has happened so far? We met Aggie. Um, we got to hear more of her abysmal accent. Minor correction. Oh, do we want to... 
mimic uh, Aggie's very, I think we described it as Minnesotan accent. Almost indistinguishable from a Minnesotan accent, except that it's not even a good Minnesotan accent. Welcome to, Mac uh, welcome to McDuff Castle, don't you know? Oh, you betcha. I mean, now that, now that I think about it, Minnesotan does kind of sound like Irish Scottish. A little, a little bit. But Aggie's is so distinctly un-Scottish. It's just so thin. It's also not, it's not very passionately acted either. It's not. It's it, it's poorly done. Um, for some clarification, the groundskeeper, his name is not Willie. Uh, the groundskeeper's name is uh, Jamie. Should so different. Willie. Jamie. Jamie doesn't sound like a super Scottish name, though it probably is. I think it is. Mm. Uh, and and just to correct our last check-in, um, the rest of the gang did in fact see the Loch Ness monster because they say that they have seen both the Loch Ness monster and this this Scottish ghost who. Uh, Aggie says is me great grandfather, Finian McDuff. Um, so they recognize him immediately. We don't. We're not given a reason why Finian McDuff would come back to haunt. There's no like unfinished business or gripe with something that's going on in real estate development at present. Yeah, it's not like a nothing curse or anything. I guess he's yeah, just being a jerk. The gang predictably splits up to look for clues. Unfortunately, they didn't say that, so no drink for that. Uh, and that is after Scooby and Shaggy find, and this is a thing that is very common in the Scooby-Doo universe, is just banquet tables. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you about the book we're going to talk about next week and the presence of banquet tables against all reason in them. It's like, honestly, the Scooby-Doo universe sounds amazing because wherever you go, there's you a banquet guarantee table. that there will be, and it'll just be bedecked. In, in food, just all these different kinds of food. Maybe a quarter of all Scooby-Doo episodes start with, oh, we're going to X location. And Scooby and Shaggy are like, man, I can't wait to get there. Why? I didn't know you were into NASCAR slash the opera slash, uh, I don't know, like Burning Man. No, we're into food. And I, I guess food is a factor of almost any event, but it's always a banquet table. I would say that it, that it definitely is. You know, if you think about any significant event, food will play a part in it. But at, not at some juncture. Yeah. But not a banquet table. <laughs> no. So uh, Aggie kind of tells us what the lay of the land is. It must be her grandfather who's doing this. Scooby and Shaggy, everyone splits up to look for clues. Scooby and Shaggy aren't crazy about that. The gag... <laughs> There's a really great There's gag. There's a really fun gag. <laughs> we both really enjoyed it. It's, it's, Fred, it's Fred and the two ladies. And they're like, all right. Uh, Scoob and Shag, you go that way. We'll go over here. Just call for help if you need anything. They walk away. Help! Help! <laughs> then then uh, Daphne and Velma come back. Fred doesn't even come back. And they're like, what's wrong, Scooby and Shaggy? What, what is it they said? Like, uh, I, they're, just practicing. Yeah, they're practicing. <laughs> just practicing. Then Scooby and Shaggy walk away, unscolded, as, as Velma and Daphne stand there. It's, I think, It's very, perfect. very funny. Scooby and Shaggy don't find anything uh and it, since it is quite late it is the evening um it they're they're getting ready for bed and i think the last time we saw something like this was a night of fright is no delight oh i also would note um in that uh mysteries incorporated episode uh at the ah, nasty motel we also saw the creeping that. creatures the creeping creatures that's what it was they're also getting ready they're for bed getting, in that episode i love and and periodically we have moments where like oh daphne went to bed or so-and-so went to bed I, I love just these little moments in on the on the perimeter of the mystery where like oh yeah of course they must sleep somewhere 
And also, that's a a, who, it's a very common really, haunted house thing is like going to bed that moment. I'm a person who really values ritual. Like ritual is why tequila shots are my favorite shot. Because really? there's a ritual to tequila shots. You have the salt, you have the lime, you have the shot, and you have to do it in a certain order. And I also really appreciate um, observing uh, like bedtime ritual because I think it uh, gives you a really intimate glimpse at the characters. I completely agree. I think it's a very intimate look at these guys. And so seeing Shaggy shivering in his bed saying how cold it is while Scooby goes to brush his teeth at the wash basin, it, this is kind of, to me, the moment where they're closest, more so than any time they're eating or joking or frightened together. You brush your teeth around people you're comfortable with. Truly. I'm, you know what? I'll get naked around people. I'm not shy about it. I'll share my body around, but I don't brush around just anybody. I'm not brushing. I'm not. <laughs> okay, a, okay, I'm, okay. Sorry, look, sorry, dude, sorry. You'll share your body around? Yeah. Dude, I'm pretty, I'm, dem- I'm, I'm not just democratic. I'm socialist with my body. I can't tell if you would say this if we weren't drinking. Me neither. Uh, what else happens? So it it is it's very adorable because Shaggy is so cold. It's it's a castle. Castles are drafty buildings. I have to say he's shivering and he's got his legs and knees up and under the covers for a moment because he's talking to Scooby and we don't see Scooby. I thought one of his legs was Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also thought if you're cold and you're in a in a castle and you're in a bed, wouldn't you want to cozy up to someone for the body? And like, it's your dog. It's okay it's dog. to cuddle with your dog. It's not like he's cuddling with Fred or Velma or Daphne. If there's anyone Shaggy should be able to cuddle without uh, repercussions, it should be oh, yeah. Scooby-Doo. Without it becoming weird. I will say it does make, it kind of complicates things because the more human Scooby is, it's weird. And the more dog-like Scooby is, it's countered to his character. It's kind of like, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll only take one more thing from the book we'll cover next week. Anytime the book says Scooby barked, I'm like, what the <laughs> Scooby doesn't bark. Because you can't imagine Scooby... Like, Especially because Scooby says something like, oh, I'm really hungry. Scooby barked. It's like, no, dogs don't bark, I'm really hungry. That's, barks, those are, are words that are uh, barks are exclamations. Barks are that Australian dude in that video. <laughs> uh, you can say that a dog woofs his dialogue. That I could But believe. if a dog barks his dialogue, you're a drill sergeant. Exactly. And we'll, we'll cover this in that episode. All that to say that, like, I think it would land in a little bit of an uncomfortable spot. But I love this moment with them getting ready for bed together. Uh, how this progresses... Is this after they make marshmallows? This is after they make marshmallows. This is before. Oh, it's bef- before we cut off after the marshmallows okay so they're getting ready for bed scooby gets his toothbrush stuck sideways in his mouth in a way that kind of like hurt to watch so the Loch Ness monster sticks his head into the window and scares scooby and whatever that ends he scares he scares shaggy first and i'll take this opportunity to note that shaggy's hair is going all shades of hayao miyazaki in terms of expressing his fear and anxiety i've shared on facebook and on twitter a post that compares various miyazaki characters with shaggy it's great. That's Go to our Twitter or our Facebook and just find it. Um, so Shaggy is terrified by the monster. Scooby is unaware of it for a minute, but then becomes aware of it. The monster breathes a lot of gas. And it's, it's uh, I guess, supposed to be hot air because he breathes it on Shaggy. And Shaggy is like, oh, thanks, Scoob. Like, you turned on the heater like I asked <laughs> you to. Um, so they're scared by the monster, which just retreats, I guess. The and gang, that's... the rest of the gang comes in because there's a commotion, there's a ruckus. They all go to the window and um, they see the ghost of uh, Finian uh, McDuff. And Aggie confirms, oh, it is me grandfather. 
Which, like, would you know what your grandfather looked like when he was in his hot prime? I don't know. I would know what my grandfather would look like when he when he was in his hot prime. I actually also know what my grandfather would look like when he was in his hot prime. <laughs> I do have a grandfather I don't know. My other grandfather, I don't know what he looked like in his hot prime, though. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah me as well. I know what my mom's dad looked mm. like, not my dad's Too bad. Dad. Uh, but both of those ghosts just got, like, they disappear... And then the gang kind of renews their search for clues. Fred, Velma, and Daphne decide to go look at the turret, or the parapet, as Velma calls it, for clues. Whereas Scooby and Shaggy are going to look at the rest of the castle. They find a nice, cozy library. And there's a With figure a fire. that is watching them from between the books. Oh, and from uh, a, cr- a gap in the stone wall, which we took as a moving eyes portrait, even though it was we a drink. moving eyes brick portrait. I don't know if I said yeah. this, but we dra- I said it already. We had seven drinks. Um, there's yeah. also a little bit where there are all of these, um, they're down in the basement or like mm. the dungeon because it is a castle. And Scooby is opening up each door like he was playing Skyrim and he really wanted to get his lock picking proficiency up <laughs> so he opens the first door nothing he opens the second door nothing he opens this, the third door it's Finney and Macduff and he closes it as if it was nothing and then and then he realizes it was something and then Shaggy goes to open it again and it's a wall of bricks as if uh Someone had asked Finian, the ghost of Finian Macduff, to come down and drink from the cask of Amontillado. The cask of Amontillado, yeah. <laughs> we also drank for that, because that is clearly a secret passage. It is clearly a secret passage. Also, quick note, if you're wondering who Evan and I would be in this, uh, if in a cask of Amontillado adaptation starring the Scooby Dudes, it would be Lucchese and Ivantrasaur. We've covered that already. We've already got that worked out for you. So Scooby and Shaggy find themselves in the library. They're making some marshmallows. Evan and I had a brief discussion on whether or not they're vegetarian. Feel free to hit us up and chime in on that. They're vegetarian. So Scooby and Shaggy have marshmallows. They enjoy that. When Scooby roasts his marshmallows, they then look like hot dogs. They both roasted their marshmallows. Shaggy ate none of them. There's there's a little bit of a trend where Scooby and Shaggy will both create a food stuff. Mm. Scooby will eat his. Shaggy will be about to eat his, and, and Scooby, Scooby will eat his too. steal it. Uh, for instance, there was a moment where we thought Scooby and Shaggy were both going to have uh, like a whole chicken, but when they both stuck their forks in and then pulled it apart, Scooby got all of the meat, Shaggy got all of the bones. But fortunately, all Shaggy had to do was grind those bones up. Boom, vegetarian. The thing we need to cap this section off with is that Scooby and Shaggy find on the ground or in the fire or around it or something a note that's partially uh, uh, cut off that says... Switzer at the top, and then it's cut off, and then underneath that, 100 wristwatches. So from there, we cut back to Fred, Velma, Daphne, and Aggie, who are on the turret, aka the parapet, looking for clues. And that's where we cut off. Uh, yeah, we can we can get back into this. Perfect. I'll count us down. Let's see what the rest of the episode holds. In three, two, one. I don't I don't understand. <gasps> oh! I finished my drink. Okay. Oh, Scooby-Doo! Pause, pause, pause. Listeners, we just started the Scooby-Doo. Evan and I are now about to each take the biggest breath we can and see who can give the longest explanation for the Scooby-Doo on that breath. Right. Are you... So, let's do this. Yep. All right. All right, ready? I really want fried chicken. 
Okay, so the so Scooby Doo is, is when Scooby and Shaggy, typically Scooby and Shaggy, and Shaggy those are the two typically the ones who do they're it. They're the ones who are uh, going and to a social uh, scenario, typically a, scenario a false in, one, in which that the, involves the monster, uh, the monster that puts the monster in a social scenario. It's either creating a social scenario in which the monster is it's so compelling that the monster has no choice but to buy into it. So one example would be like if Scooby and Shaggy were at a carnival and they were barkers and they were like, okay. You need to have a... That was all one breath? I don't know. That was no way. You Maybe were I so was breathing the whole time. You were breathing the whole time. I don't know. I can't I can't remember. Drink. We both drink now. We both drink. <laughs> I was going and I was like, why is this so easy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nearing the end of my breath and I'm like, Evan sounds like he hasn't he's just maybe started. my lungs are just that much bigger than yours. No, maybe you were breathing the entire time. <laughs> okay, back into the Scooby Doop. Three, two, one, go. See, that's what I like about ghosts that can't talk. Is they just <laughs> 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 he's wearing a mini skirt. His kilt has become a mini skirt when he's chasing them. Ridiculous. <laughs> what are they doing? Oh. So we're at 1715. We've had two drinks. I do want to say that this show is really, really bizarre. Because earlier on, and, and we neglected to mention this, Scooby and Shaggy were in the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And um, they come across, I guess, like a Scottish skeleton. <laughs> I love this piece. A Scottish skeleton, like strung up by its elbows on a a uh, lateral piece of wood, as if a Scottish person was hung up to die that way. Correct. And that's not even the weirdest part of the scene. The weirdest part is that um, Shaggy bumps into it, and then both he and the skeleton re physically react and like are surprised yeah like they both back off of each other kind of spooked and then run opposite directions so the skeleton comes to life and it is never it's not explained like again not at all we already have two ghosts or ghouls or monsters there's finney and mcduff and there's a loch ness monster the skeleton does not is not among their number totally ancillary this is a, a 13 ghosts style gag that implies we live in a supernatural world because it could have easily been, like, Shaggy just gets spooked out by the skeleton and thinks it's alive because he's all tangled with it, but no. Uh, so up on the parapet, um, Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Aggie, they find a weather report. And uh, Velma says that's our first clue. They then come down from the parapet, and we follow them. Sorry. This is tough when you don't take notes and watch it multiple times. It, and also we're drinking. I guess that's um, But what happens is Scooby and Shaggy are still in the dungeon. Um, they're chased by Finney and McDuff. There is a brief corridor scene in which Luke and I, I finished my drink because I had a little bit. I took a, Luke took a big drink. old gulp. And that corridor scene was immediately followed up by the Scooby Doop. I think you've already heard us attempt our competition. Thing. Yeah, you'll, you'll <laughs> be editing that appropriately if you mm -hmm. were not able to understand what we were saying. Um, but the Scooby Doop is a gag where two best friends talk about their favorite meddling kids and their dumb dog too. Um, what are you talking about? Is that not <laughs> that's our intro? I <laughs> know. <laughs> okay, you know that's reassuring to me. I'm gonna drink. 
the Scooby-Doo is a gag that Scooby and Shaggy, it's typically the two of them in other shows, other members will join in, but it's typically just the two of them. Yeah, like they pretend to be typically people in whatever setting they're exploring. So normally you would think they'd be like bagpipists or brewers since this is Scotland. Or maybe one of them would pretend to be St. Patty himself driving, um, I don't know, driving the snakes out of Ireland. Uh, out of Scotland. Sorry, my mistake. Out of Scotland. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm embarrassed for you that you think St. Patty was <laughs> I'm Ireland. I'm so ashamed. Oh, yeah. Do the Home Alone thing with your hands, man, because you should be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now now do it as if you're putting, uh, like, uh, shaving stuff on and it hurts. Ah! Oh, that was kind of like Edward Munch's The Scream. Oh, yeah, that kind of was like that. <laughs> When you do Edward Munches a scream, but then you tilt your head a little bit, it looks it makes it look like you're trying to be cute. <laughs> like, oh! if Edward Munch had painted the head just slightly askew, it would be adorable. It's totally different. <laughs> it becomes a selfie when you do that. That's gonna be my new thing. Whenever people ask me to take pictures with them, <laughs> this is something we would never do. Are sober. You sure? Are you sure? Never. Sure, I'm positive. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay. Um. Th- okay. Where the Scooby Doo. Are- okay. The, so the Scooby Doo just happened. It's where Scooby and Shaggy do a little improv scene, basically, to throw the monster and- off the monster's game. I like it best when the monster is like not a speaking monster, just a growling monster, because that makes it more funny when they interact. And I will say that normally the Scooby Doo has to have the monster buy in. And I don't believe that happens in this case. No, Scooby and Shaggy are like '80s rock musicians. They're kind of Elvisy, a little bit. A little, but they're also a little bit like hair metal. Um, hair metal Ish. is the word I'm looking for. But folksy. It's a lot of. We don't know the exact. <laughs> and I can't help but notice that you're pulling your collar of your crew neck T-shirt over your mouth, and you're keeping it up there with some difficulty. <laughs> like you keep losing purchase on it. Stop describing me and just co-host the podcast. Oh, you're doing it again. Oh, so the monster doesn't buy in. Normally we might see the monster become a fan or a groupie of whatever Scooby and Shaggy are doing, but he doesn't. He just growls, and Scooby and Shaggy hit it. They pound dirt. Uh, they bump into the rest of the gang. Uh, they're like, oh, hey, we found this uh, clue, which is the the torn up letter or missive. I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, and the exactly. gang says, oh, yeah, we found this weather report. And the gang, in the meantime, uh, everyone else has also found some wire, like a, a, lo- a couple loops of wire. Somehow, they're walking around in the dungeon, all of them, Aggie included. And Scooby and Shaggy, in spite of walking alongside their friends, get lost. Down a straight hallway. There's no turns that we can see. There's no opportunity to get lost, as far as I can tell here. But they do, they're separated, and what, what follows? It's amazing. They, uh, they're, they're trapped in this room. Um, mm. And there's all this, like, um, at one point, Shaggy is running on a barrel. May, may I take it from the top? You may. They enter this room, Scooby and Shaggy do, and the door opens, you said, like a video game, which is absolutely accurate, from the sound effect to the way that it instantly swings open the moment Shaggy touches it. With no hand No hand, on no it. one touches it, just swings open as if someone pressed E and then walked through it. <laughs> By the way, E, 
definitely the button of choice for opening doors. <laughs> let's let's all it agree. Is. You're right. Um, they walk in, but then the monster, who's kind of looking like an ape, like in his stance, and this is uh, we're saying the monster. Oh, it's not the it's Loch not the Loch Ness monster. monster. No, it's Finian McDuff. Finian McDuff, the Scot. Uh, he closes, slams the door behind them, and locks them in. And what follows He's, is an insane wait, series. You were saying he was kind of like an ape. He's kind of like. When they're doing the ritual in Black Panther, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I said ape, and then you're like, no, it's more like Black Panther. <laughs> I don't like that, man. No, when they're doing the ritual in Black Panther, <laughs> right. everyone is sort of like um, uh, rhythmically bobbing their shoulders. And, and it's true that there's the ape tribe in Black Panther. Yeah, which, the Jabari. Um, I think we've pretty much caught up to where we left off, didn't well, we? I, oh, I no, no, wait, no, this, when Scooby and Shaggy are locked in the room. There are some really funny little gags. One of them is that Scooby grabs a ladder and tries to use it as a battering ram. <laughs> everything that they do, I love that everything they do against the door doesn't work, and it triggers something else happening and be, or being attempted. What I really, really, really liked, and this is because of both um, owning a Super Nintendo as a child and also... Uh, playing Super Smash Brothers in mm. every iteration, Shaggy. That was N sixty four. Yeah, no, but Super Nintendo had Donkey Kong Country two. Great game. Which is to say that Shaggy lifts a barrel and throws it at the door. And if if he were DK, the door would have broken down and there would have been a little video game. And potentially Diddy Kong would have jumped out of that barrel and you would have had him as a spare life. That's true. I, I also, I really love, right before that, when Scooby runs the ladder against the door, how, like, each peg breaks against, like, the ladder comes apart in pieces in a way that's very the, visually uh, satisfying. All of the rungs. All of the like rungs. Fly. And they, it's just the right amount of rubbery. Like, the animation in this episode is top-notch classic. It has the classic feel, and yet it's it's got this great production value and this great fluidity to it. I love when Shaggy throws the barrel and then it bounces against the door and then Shaggy runs on it as if on a uh, a log on the water. Which which you can also do in Donkey Kong. That's right, you can and you have to at some points. Then the barrel busts open. It's full of either beer or lubricant of some sort. Shaggy slips on it until he comes upon a knight a knight's armor and then dances with the knight's armor for a minute until the helmet falls <laughs> off and lands on Scooby's head. It's a Rube Goldberg machine of of gags. Um, one thing I want to note. Are, are you familiar at all? We've brought this up uh, every now and then. Are you familiar at all with The Adventures of Tintin by Hergé? Uh, dude? Yeah. I yeah? freaking okay. love The Adventures of Tintin. So, if this was Tintin and a barrel had opened up <laughs> and there was alcohol on the ground... Snowy would be all over that. Snowy, <laughs> you all, lush little uh, pup. Sco Snowy, in this case Scooby, would immediately start to lick up whatever and, was on the and ground. And you know what's more? And Tintin would shame little, the heck out of him. And little spirals would start to uh, to gravitate around his head. And depending on the strength of the alcohol that was spilled, Tintin, in this case Shaggy, would also become drunk. Just from the uh, Which is like, fumes? honestly, bonkers to me that that's... I remember one time Captain Haddock and Tintin were in like a wine cellar and i guess bullets like broke up in the barrels and the just the fumes like made them drunk <laughs> tintin's and, take on alcohol is like um mainstream conservative people's take on marijuana in the 60s it's so bonkers because like now currently as someone who drinks socially mm. 
it's it's ridiculous to think that like oh if they I like just the fumes would like put me into like a mild stupor. But that's the thing with Tintin. It even appeared in the Spielberg Tintin movie that aired. By the way, I really enjoyed that movie. It's very nice. The, the cin- cinematography in that movie is very beautiful. It's gorgeous, and I think very faithful to Tintin. I watched that with Matt. It's a great memory. Oh. I completely agree. That would have been... <laughs> Snowy would have been all up on that, and maybe a few moments later, <laughs> Captain Haddock would have been slurping it off the floor, too. And Tintin would have judged them both. Captain Haddock... It's so weird that Captain Haddock was such an unrepentant Completely. Drunk. And by unrepentant, I mean he repented a lot. Yeah, I can't. Snowy was the only <laughs> Snowy was the only anyway. unrepentant drunk in that in that series. All right. We're jumping back into Fred, Daphne, Vilma, and Aggie walking through the cellar or the basement without Scooby and Shaggy. Three, two, one. This is an old boathouse below. Closer for all these years. Why is he touching the hinge? Who touches a hinge first? <laughs> <laughs> Scooby is now the bagpipe. <laughs> it's a long moment where Scooby's just walking, doing it, and Shaggy's like, hmm. I love nice. that. Shaggy just smiles. <laughs> that was a brilliant ending. I love that. We're, we're back. We're back. We're, we finished the episode. We didn't pause. We actually just watched the whole thing. We watched it through. The most shocking part of this is that the trap went off without a hitch. The gang, which is to say Fred, Daphne, Velma, Aki... They find a door that has apparently not been opened for... Oh, look! It's a door! It hasn't been opened for decades! Fred notices that the hinges have been greased or oiled, which I guess implies that it has been opened recently. They go inside. Boxes everywhere. All the boxes have made in Switzerland emblazoned on them. They open up one and it's full of wristwatches. At this point, Velma and Fred kind of give each other a look. They're kind of like, oh, I know what the deal is. And honestly, I don't feel bad for Aggie because she's the odd woman out. I feel bad for Daphne. How come? Because because Fred and Velma are both kind of like, oh, I know what's going on. Do you? And the other one's like, yeah, I do because like, I'm smart and I solve mysteries. And Daphne's just standing yeah. there. It makes sense that Aggie would be the outsider because everyone else is here to help Aggie because she can't obviously solve this on her own. Not, not, nothing against Aggie. That's what these guys do. It sucks for Daphne because she's supposed to be part of the solving team. Nobody asks her opinion. Nobody's like, oh, Daphne, you know what's going on, right? I'm glad you point that out. That's a good example of Daphne being underutilized in some of these early series. Uh, what happens after that? We go back to Scooby and Shaggy in the room. And they're still trying to bust out of this room. Oh, it slayed me returning to this thing that they're still trying stuff against it. Shaggy's trying to swing a giant bag of whatever on this hook, uh, trying to swing it at the door, but... The ghost, Finian McDuff, has opened the door just in time for Shaggy to swing the bag through and then swing it back through, and then Duff closes it again. It's, it's so funny because it's like... It's this, hilarious. The second before this bag hits the door, Finian McDuff, McDuff opens it so it doesn't hit the door. And then it swings back, and Finian McDuff closes the door. The best part about that is that he closes the door again afterwards. Like, he didn't even have to... He could have just watched the result of that bag swinging back and forth, but he just wanted to keep them locked in there. He's got some of the best comedic moments in this episode. Uh, of course, the bag knocks Shaggy back out the window. Uh, it knocks Shaggy out, and then he's hanging out there. Mm. And then, for some inexplicable reason... Scooby's able Scooby to follow him immediately. is able to just escape. And then Shaggy is like, hey, Scoob, play the bagpipes. Yeah, so I guess Scooby falls backwards onto some bagpipes after trying to free Shaggy, which he doesn't do successfully. 
the best part of maybe this episode for me is when Sha when Scooby starts playing the bagpipes, and there's just this like five ten second scene where Scooby's playing the bagpipes, and we cut to Shaggy, and he's just he's enjoying it. Hmm, that's nice. <laughs> he's just he's hanging there from this hook because that's he you know the bag swung and like the bag fell off and he got on the hook. He's hanging out over the moat, but he, like his best buddy is playing the bagpipes, and Shaggy just hangs there and enjoys it. He's got this contented grin on his face, like he could just listen to this for a long time. And it takes Scooby a minute to get it going. He blows the bagpipe up way big, and then it puts all of its air into Scooby, who becomes a big balloon. And it, it equalizes, and Scooby starts playing, and it's not bad. Okay, it's bad. Uh, it's Shaggy's face when Scooby is playing is so contented. Like, he didn't even want Scooby to play the bagpipes for any reason but to hear his friends take on bagpipes. But the ghost of Finney and McDuff also appears starting to play its bagpipes, uh, which summons the Loch Ness Monster and kind of carries Shaggy towards McDuff. This is so bonkers, dude. Because, like, this, the Loch Ness Monster comes up underneath Shaggy and sort of, like, rips him off the hook a little bit, so Shaggy's riding on its head. And then mm -hmm. the, the Finian ghost is playing the bagpipes on a dock, and the Loch Ness Monster breaks down a portion of that dock, stranding mm -hmm. Finian. But Finian's still fine, um, and Shaggy still keeps riding the monster, which, like, circles around and just goes on this wandering, circuitous route. The Loch Ness Monster breaks through the dock, and then also grabs mm. Finian McDuff with its jaws. And Fred kind of traps it in this lock, um, in the canal sort of sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. And drains the, they drain the water so that the monster is high and dry. When we get to the bottom of the monster, we see it's it's a machine. But it's still got McDuff, McDuff in its mouth, and that's how we've caught the villain. That's when we see that the Loch Ness Monster, it doesn't have flippers down there. It has, uh, like, mechanical yes. components. Uh, we have a very brief and kind of unceremonious masking, unmasking scene in which the villain doesn't get to say anything. It's Jamie. The groundskeeper, Mr. Mat Matador himself. Jamie did it because he was smuggling Swiss watches in. That's right. It wasn't that he was embittered with his job. It's just that he had a better gig. But it's so... I don't understand. Are there, like, trade embargoes between Scotland and Switzerland? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like These are Swiss watches. These aren't drugs. Yeah, like, where is this... Uh, what's, yeah. what's the term for... Uh, um, like illicit material. Um, these aren't. This isn't. Um, contraband. Contraband. Like why? Swiss watches are not contraband. They're very valuable exports and imports. Um, but I guess no. He's trying to dodge the taxes, the import taxes, mm. and the tariffs. And so he's illegally smuggling these Swiss watches in using what they call a miniature submarine attached to the Loch Ness monster. It's got to be a full-size submarine. The Loch Ness monster is quite large. Because we have specified it. This, this could not be a miniature submarine. Uh, so he was using the Loch Ness Monster sub to bring the watches in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why he scared people away as Finney and Macduff. He, he um, kind of started to scare people away, I think, because the Macduffs um, were so welcoming to tourists in a way that... Um, was detrimental to his business. But here's, here's a real curveball. Hmm. The curveball is that this sub uses, I don't know what kind of like operating system, but apparently the submarine is controlled oh, yeah. by bagpipe. By bag, it's controlled. 
as with so many villains, the talents it must have taken to un to cover up their crappy plan were so great, they could have made a living off of that. Like, dude, you, first of all, can afford a submarine. You're already rich. Second of all, you can program that submarine to accurately go where you want it to go using bagpipes alone. You're a an engineering and musical genius. And like, that's how Scooby was able to control the Loch Ness Monster. Unintentionally, apparently, with his crappy bagpipe playing. Despite the fact that he was going fiddling banjos with the actual Finian McDuff who designed this, aka the groundskeeper. Groundskeeper, not Willie. So this isn't, I'd say, the most sensible of Scooby-Doo villain setups. It's satisfying enough, but again, I'm disappointed that the villain doesn't get his piece at the end. He's unmasked and he doesn't get to say a word about it. His motivations are purely projected onto him. Aggie, of course, is grateful because we've saved her castle. We've saved her. She can start bringing in tourists again. We also see, um, what's his name from the Jolly Scott stops by to say, I'm glad everything is okay. The guy who seemed to be a jerk at the inn earlier comes back and he seems to be okay. I will say there are only two possible people it could have been. And it's Mc McDooney. I can't remember. The guy who runs the inn? Neil Dunwoody. Dunwoody. Mr. Dunwoody. The only two possible people it could have been were, were Dunwoody and... I will say, up front, neither of them had motives that were easy to determine. Completely. I, I don't know why the inn owner was a jerk at the end. That's the part that doesn't it never gets explained to me. Um, why he doesn't like tourists. It makes sense why Jamie wouldn't like tourists, because they're hurting his illicit business. Mr. Dunwoody would want to. He, he runs an inn. Yeah. Who could help you more than tourists? I mean, if you run an inn purely for locals, you're going out of business. That is almost the entirety of the episode. The episode somewhat predictably ends with Scooby in traditional Scottish garb, because it is St. Paddy's Day, uh, playing the bagpipes. <laughs> for everyone and i gotta say scooby sounds like he's mastered the pipes yeah it was very good it was very funny i love the moment where scooby pauses like this a few notes start repeating on bagpipe as if it's a glitch and then scooby turns around and we see that he's got a record player that's stuck and repeating itself and he corrects <laughs> it and then goes back to playing the bagpipes it's great <laughs> he's he he sounds like a like a real expert well it doesn't make sense that scooby would know how to play the bagpipes but it's the kind of thing that scooby-doo would do like just suddenly know how to play for the end of the episode the fact that they justify it by I mean, this, having this little and it's like a record player it's not like a tape player it's, it's a record player it's straight up like a record player strapped to him as if it was like a, a tray of popcorn being hawked at a baseball game. Like he's got this setup like hanging off of his shoulder. It's super satisfying. So let's do like an actual rundown before we get into the outro. Did you like this episode? I like this episode despite it not having some of the stuff I wish it had. Like villain needs to get their, the villain needs to get their final piece in at the end. He needs to say something. If nothing else, because I want to hear confirmation that the gang got it right. Yeah, that's why I did it, and I would have gotten away with it too. Rather than, this is why he did it, and then we never hear him affirm or deny. Correct. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the whole, like, smuggling Swiss watches thing, that's, some, that's a pretty weighty accusation. So it would help if the villain was like, that was my scheme. Yeah, oh, you got me. I know that we're running out of time at the end of this episode, but I still wish that the trap didn't work initially and then worked later. 
the trap was very cut and dry it worked no, it worked immediately no anti-pun intended i guess yeah but, but no, it really was like fred dreamed up the trap in an instant and it worked in the second fred, instant yeah fred was like oh i'll i'll plan to uh trap the loch ness monster behind this lock yeah and then it worked but this episode had some of the best classic animation I've seen in a Scooby-Doo episode, and some of the funniest gags. The, the, I think we, we said this earlier, but the animation is very fluid, which is they, commendable. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have animation that doesn't seem jerky or blocky, and I think a lot of the work in this episode was like top-notch. I think a lot of Scooby-Doo episodes fall on one side or the other of two very pleasing, uh, on two very pleasing matters, i.e. great animation, great sense of setting. Um, this an- this episode had a lot of both. We really, f- I felt like we were in this Scottish castle, and we really explored that. And the characters weren't uh, flatter or lesser in their animation for that. We're done, right? Like with the episode proper. I definitely want to end this episode with "We're done," right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> That was the whole episode. Thank you for joining us. Drink responsibly if you drink. And don't pressure other people to drink if they don't want to drink. That's another thing that I think is worth noting. I've had two tall boys. I don't know if that equates to two drinks or like three drinks. Maybe a tall boy is like one and a half drinks. Yeah? I think so. I think that's fair. And I've had one standard size amber ale in a glass bottle and a smaller Cuban mojito from Cayman Jack. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. This is over the course of literally two hours, two drinks, which is a lot for me. Um, yeah. I, anyway, I, I just want to say that there are places that you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Me too. Uh, Find us on the internet places. This has been the Scooby Dudes. See you next week. Goodbye. No, 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 no. Shut up. Shut up. Hold on. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm just going to run through all of it, okay? Oh, really? Don't worry. Don't worry. I got this. I got this. Do it, dude. Yeah, you want me to take care of it? You want Dude, me to handle it? Br- yeah, this is all you, man. If you go to facebook.com slash scoobydudes, I post content to that Monday through Friday. If you go to Facebook, if you go to twitter.com slash thescoobydudes, I post Monday to Friday, sometimes Saturday and Sunday. Uh, if you tweet at us, I'll tweet back at you. Um, and we are pretty close to 100 followers on Twitter. So if you want to follow us, that'd be really fantastic. Oh, yeah. Push us up into triple digits. Send us an email at scoobydudespodcast at gmail.com. We will send you a response back. If you go to scoobydudes.com, I don't know how this will be formatted. Regardless of whether it's a regular recap episode or a special episode, there will still be a little bit of extra content for you. So check that out, please. Always extra content there. Absolutely. I'll, I'll just mention screenshots, show notes, corrections. Evan does a great, great job on our, epi- on our, uh, on our website. Treat yourself and visit. That covers Twitter, Facebook, email, website. If I may, let me, let me say something on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Scooby Dudes is one of the best places you can follow up with us to get additional exclusive content. Um, we are going to be posting jam sessions on there. If you donate to us, you can get a lot of cool stuff, additional audio, uh, bad jokes, good jokes. Just go Patreon.com and see if you'd like to give us a little bit of money. Yeah, all of our money at this point goes toward our artists and this is a special episode it was very impromptu we basically came up with this on the fly we don't have a artist commissioned title card but 
For our regular recap episodes, we do have title cards, we commission them, these artists deserve our money, and your attention. So, uh... Absolutely, they do. We've got... I love every week of original title card art that we have. Uh, part, one of the things that I'm proudest about of our podcast is that we are commissioning and inspiring and helping to see created new original Scooby-Doo art of high quality. Um, so that's Patreon. Please, if you like what we're doing, if you think we deserve the support, if you want to send even a dollar a month, that would help us out a lot. With the shirt over the mouth, Evan. <laughs> You're getting a shout-out. We'll give you a big old shout-out the first time you donate, and every subsequent time, we'll keep shouting you out. Every week. You know what? You don't believe me? You call me a liar? Okay, chill, chill. Okay, um, okay, 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 okay. We but say the names of our patro- patrons every single week. We're going to do that right now. Right now. Thank you to these people. Yeah. We covered Twitter. We covered Facebook. We covered, we covered Patreon. Everything. We covered our Gmail. We covered our own website. There's nothing else we can cover, people. No, there's Except- one last thing. There's one last thing we gotta cover before we finish. Okay, so um, the last thing is, it, it would, you would be doing us a great service if you left us a five-star review on iTunes. I believe that for America, for the United States, we are the highest-rated Scooby-Doo podcast. Heck yes! Heck yes! Um, but that doesn't mean that we want people to stop, regardless of what country you reside in. We want you to leave us a five-star review if you think we are worthy of those five stars. And if you leave such a review, I, Evan, I think this is my first time saying this on the podcast, Young, will read it aloud. Wow, you're you're giving the last name and everything. And yeah, please, if you think we're worth five stars, leave us a review. If you think we're worth four or less, do you want... uh, It's so long. It's like absurd. Wow. Are you ready? I need to pee, I, dude. <laughs> I need to pee again. No, 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 no. I'm going to read the review and then you can pee. This review was left for us on March 13th of this year, the year of our Lord, 2018. It is five stars. It is titled Absolutely Scoobalicious. It is by Sulis13. And I okay. hope you're ready because I'm going to start reading and you will, will not be able to pee for a while. Are you ready? <laughs> I need to pee, dude, so bad. <laughs> Save it. Let me pee. Let me pee. No, please, no, no, please. no, 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 no. I'm going to read okay, it. Go ahead, read it. <laughs> read it (laughs) do it scooby dudes is the definitive podcast of record for scooby-doo aficionados just as the new york times is the newspaper of record for journalism from the original series to the most obscure themed kitsch imaginable they truly embrace the whole of scooby-doo fan doom do in all caps Uh, and share that love in each and every episode. The chemistry between our two hosts is wonderful. And this comes as no surprise. They began their illustrious partnership as friends at Houghton College. Uh, Incorrect. We started our friendship at Grace International School. Much earlier than Houghton. high school buddies. Yep, high school. And this naturally, through the normal course of human events, blossomed into a sultry romance. You're right, we did blossom, both of us, physically and as friends. (laughs) They moved in together after graduation. False. False, we did not. (laughs) We have not lived in the same country since graduation. Let alone the same In the following years, the pressures of domestic responsibility eventually proved too much for Evan's gentle nature. Okay, this is fan fiction. This is fan fiction about us. (laughs) (laughs) And they separated amicably, remaining close ever since. 
Evan thereafter began looking for a creative outlet in which they could enjoy a shared passion and lend express, I guess, sick, their comic stylings. Evan campaigned again sick two for them to create the first fan cast for NBC's Outsource. <laughs> Thinking that a well-received podcast would be the perfect vehicle to launch a grassroots campaign to bring again sick her favorite show back to the masses luke on the other hand advocated for a podcast recapping episodes of kim's convenience but evan promptly stomped her foot okay <laughs> i don't want to say sick anymore because this seems very purposeful. This is super intentional I-, I feel like it's mean to women to be like insulting you <laughs> by saying her like as if it's an insult to call you a female <laughs> stomped her foot and vetoed the idea in disgust. Patently false. I love Kim's Convenience. In fact, I was the one who shared Kim's Convenience with I don't know, man. Based on what this review is saying, I think I'm the Kim's K fan and you don't like it. Okay, shut up. Um, Or Kim C, excuse me. (laughs) Ultimately, they settled upon a shared fondness for everybody's favorite meddling kids and their dumb dog too. Every episode, these two tackle another little piece of the Scooby scape whether that's reviewing some piece of the canon or branching out into fan creations or merch they handle their subject with fairness affection a true appreciation and fantastic senses of humor mind you i'm halfway done they're both well read luke a bit more so than evan wow that can't be more false how many books have you read this year i don't know how many does he say i've read <laughs> no tell me tell me how many books have you read this year i i can't remember but i know this guy probably knows so like what does he say um no it, shut up uh, are you are you gonna really make me say the truth before this guy pads me? yeah tell me the truth tell me how many books you've read one i've read 13 you know what book i've read what the one we're covering next week <laughs> <laughs> you mean the 60 page book is it 60 pages? I'm more proud of myself than I was. <laughs> it's not bad. Okay, hold on. Shut up. I, I, I'm going to finish the... I'm sorry. Let me finish this review. So, wait, how many did he say I've read? What does he say? Uh, hold on. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? He just said that you're more well-read. Um, so they are both well-read, insightful, and easy to understand, except during those hilarious moments when Evan is caught off guard, having just spooned a huge heap of beloved peanut butter into her mouth. Okay, again, I don't like peanut butter. Secondly, I am a man. I don't know. I mean, based on this review, the customer is always right. Um, so buckle up, open all your holes wide, and let them fill you with <laughs> ellipsis. Sorry, I mean, open up all your holes and let these two come in. Ellipsis. Nope. How about colon? <laughs> Open up your holes and enjoy receiving all these two have to offer. <laughs> well, that was ellipsis. Wait, I'm sorry. I guess I've just got to say something here. I didn't really expect this, but this talking about the past is bringing up memories and making it way too easy to recall all the great times from that time in our lives, ellipsis. And I know these things are different and in some ways better now. And I know that you found another woman in Ibtisam. And I truly am so, so happy for you guys and can even accept that this is just the way things were meant to turn out, ellipsis. But I guess I just want, hyphen, no, please just listen for a second, hyphen. I just want to remind you that nothing that happened between us was because I ever stopped loving you. I'm not saying that because I want to change the way things are now, and I think you've always realized this. But I guess this is as good a moment as any to set the joking aside. And just a firm... Okay, what? Pause, 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 pause. This sounds like we've pivoted from 
the review to you just straight up talking this is to me one on one. Still the review. This is you and me, Evan. This just is still mano a mano. The review. All right. And just the, from the fact. Talk to me, buddy. Talk to me, buddy, babe. I love you, Luke. I love this you, Evan. This is still Evan. the review. This is still the review. I love you. And I always too. have. Since that first moment when I mm-hmm. stepped out of the girl's dorm and saw you tossing the frisbee around, you've never tossed mm-hmm. a frisbee in your life. Mm-hmm. I would. You know what? I hope no one has ever seen me toss a frisbee. I have, <laughs> but I hope no one Certainly can... not when we attended college together. Nope, not... I think from the moment I started college to the moment I ended, no frisbee. <laughs> and, I sure, and I'm sure I always will, and I don't even regret that. I, comma, even young, comma, love in asterisks, you, comma, Luke Doty, ellipsis. And that's all I wanted, ellipsis. No, needed ellipsis mm. to say. I needed to hear that too. Evan. And that is you know what? the review. None of those words were mine. That was the review from Solace 3. I will say, I gave this guy, this person, a lot of ideas of stuff to say. I want to say now, one of them was not to identify you as a female as if that's an insult, because I don't think it is and shouldn't be taken that way. So that was the one part that was independent of anything I suggested. Um, that's This episode, as far as I'm concerned, is done. Because... I'm drunk. <laughs> Evan just taken off his glasses and wearily wiped his eyes. I think we have reached verily the end of our episode. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. It's been a fun experience watching an episode with you in the moment because there's this little moment where like a face is made or something, and <laughs> it's so it's so great getting to share that with you, Evan. So I love that. I love you. You don't have to tell me it back because you already did. Yeah. Uh, uh, can I press stop?